Good morning, everybody. We begin our worship honoring uh, our military people today. We begin with the invocation. On this day we come before you, God of all peoples. We remember those who have given their lives in the name of freedom and those who have struggled for peace. We honor those who have sacrificed much in the cause of equality and those who continue to lead us toward harmony. Bless this hour. Make this time of worship a time of examination, reflection, and rejuvenation. Amen. O merciful one, we confess our failures. We have allowed our prejudices to blind us to the commonality of all people. We have embraced our fears and insecurities rather than surrendering them to your ideals of love and harmony. Ours is a world of such opposing information that it is often difficult to find the truth. Forgive us when we allow self-pride to stand in the way of human concern. Bind us together, one people throughout your creation. In the name of Christ, the bridge builder, amen. Nothing we do will separate us from God's infinite love. Knowing that you have been forgiven, you go forth to embrace the world. everyone. So the first reading comes from Job chapter 19 verses 23 through 27. Oh that my words were written down. Oh that they were inscribed in a book. Oh that with an iron pen and with lead they were engraved on a rock forever. 
For I know that my Redeemer lives, and that at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, then in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. Second reading comes from the book of Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and 13 through 17. As to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we beg you, brothers and sisters, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as though from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord is already here. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the lawless one is revealed, the one destined for destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, declaring himself to be God. Do you not remember that I told you these things when I was still with you? But we must always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. For this purpose, he called you through our proclamation of the good news so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by our letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and through grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, comfort your hearts and strengthen them in every good work and word. Here ends the readings. is written in Luke chapter 20, beginning with verse 27. 
Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, come to Jesus and ask him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers, the first married and died childless, then the second and the third married her, and so on, in the same way all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now, he is God not of the dead, but of the living, for to him all of them are alive. Here ends the Holy Gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. About five or six years ago, this seems eerily familiar, by the way, I was called up to the intensive care unit, and there uh, a, a mother had died of an overdose. And there were two little boys, age eight and six, and uh, when I got there, I introduced myself to the father of them, the husband. And he said, oh, you're the chaplain? Good. The boys have questions. And he left. Apparently, he had told them that the chaplain would answer all of their questions. And these two little boys looked up at me, and they started firing questions. Is mommy in heaven? How long does it take to get to heaven? What do people do in heaven? Is the food good in heaven? Are we going to heaven? Will we see mommy in heaven? Will she know who we are? Grandma said that 
God needed mommy in heaven, but we need her here. I did the best I could, but I'm sure it wasn't totally satisfactory to these boys. What happens in the resurrection of the dead? All of the lessons for today deal about the resurrection of the dead and what happens. In the Old Testament lesson, we have the story of Job again. Last Sunday, we heard about all of the, the suffering of the innocent that Job had to go through. And this Sunday, he gets kind of at the end of the suffering. And he is able to still maintain his faith and say confidently, For I know that my Redeemer lives. In the Gospel lesson for today, we have the, uh, one of the main sects of Judaism, the Sadducees. There's the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees uh, believed in all of, or read all of the Old Testament, not only the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the, the Law of Moses, but also the, all of the prophets. And so uh, in there, there's the talk of the resurrection of the dead, like in Job. But the Sadducees only went by the first five books, the, the books of Moses. And there's no talk of the resurrection of the dead there. So they did not believe in that, uh, the Sadducees. And, and as Eddie told us before, that's why they were called that. They're sad, you see. There's no resurrection of the dead. So they, they are wanting to get something on Jesus. It's very important to them that Jesus not upset their apple cart. The Sadducees are people who are uh, the aristocrats and the priestly crowd. And they're... They're doing very fine, thank you, under Roman rule. They've, they've, they're kind of what we would call collaborators with the enemy. They're doing swell, but they just didn't want some rogue rabbi coming in and upsetting their apple cart. So they knew they had to either discredit him or silence him. So they try the discrediting thing first. They come up with a, uh, a trap question, and they say, uh, it's about the Leverite marriage. If you'll recall from Leviticus, that, that's that deal if a, a man dies and they don't have any children, then the brother is supposed to take the wife and raise children through, for him and, uh, so that she would have some security in her old age and that the, the line would continue. So they bring up the Leverite marriage to Jesus and they say, okay, there's a, a guy who dies childless and then his brother marries the widow and he dies childless and then so forth and so on. There's seven brothers. So this is not the musical seven brides for seven brothers. This is one bride for seven brothers. So they all die. And, uh, the, and then the Sadducees say, now, now in the resurrection of the dead, whose wife is she going to be? Well, this is really phony because they don't believe in the resurrection of the dead in the first place. So whose wife is she going to be? And Jesus steps out of the, the, the trap rather neatly and says, well, it's kind of a moot point because there is no marrying and giving in marriage in the life to come. And people don't die. There's no need for children and, and all of that. And besides that, there is the resurrection of the dead because Moses talked about the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Well, he's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. So that means they are alive and they are in heaven living the life after. This is phony kind of questions. This, uh, this isn't questions like the two little boys looking up at me with tear-stained eyes and they really wanted to know what was going on. These are phony questions. And Jesus has no time for that kind of phoniness. Now when people bring him real questions about real struggles, he's got all the time in the world. Can my son be raised again? Can I be accepted in my community? Will you touch me because I have leprosy? I am tormented in my mind. Can you help me? Lord, can you help cure my son? When you have questions like that, Jesus takes all the time in the world, but not these other phony things. And when we have questions that are real questions, like, how can my marriage be fixed? What's going to happen with my grandkids? Am I going to be able to have enough money to make it to the end of the year? What about my health? It seems to be going downhill and getting worse and worse. When we have questions, then the Lord is there to answer those too. We don't know what heaven is going to be like. I, 
I, I, we were talking about this this week. I've had experience as a chaplain of talking to several people over the years who have died for a while. And what I'm impressed with is that the story is always very, very similar. It's, it's usually somebody looking down from above as, as if they were looking at themselves. And then there's a, a long hallway or tunnel and then there's a bright light, not a glaring light, but a warm, embracing light. And then they start to see relatives, and that's usually where they come back to life. But time and time and time again, it's the same thing. And I'm starting to think there might be something to it. So for Christians, we don't really know how this is going to go. But we know it's going to be great. And if we could know everything about heaven, it you know, probably wouldn't be heaven. It would be something else if we could know about it. Because that's the infinite. We have finite, limited minds, and that's the infinite. We, we, can't even, we can't even imagine that. We don't even know. But there's also something else that, you know, we only know this life. We don't know the life beyond. We don't know what that would be. Now, as you know, I'm on the early checkout program because I, I, I would like to get there. And, and because I'm kind of chicken, I don't want to go through a lot of old age stuff you know, that I, I see people doing. I'm, this is kind of an old age crowd. I don't, but I'm, I'm, just I'm just telling you, I, I, don't, I don't have enough guts to go through that old age stuff like my, when I watch my parents suffer and linger. Uh, I, I, I'm, I think I do. I, I've been talking to the Lord about this for some time, and, uh, and I, I, I hope we can come to an understanding about it. But I, I think, you know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, I want to I live, you know, as long as I can. And, and I think maybe the reason is because we, we just don't know what, what the other side is going to be. And what I've discovered in life is that many times the fear of the unknown is much more powerful than the pain of that which we're used to. We know what it's like to be here. We know what it's like to go through stuff. We don't know what that's like, but it could be a lot better. It's, I, I think of it like this. Uh, well, my dad, before he died, said, uh, said, I don't think I'm going any place worse than here. I'd like to get there. And that's kind of where I am with it. I'd like to get there. It's kind of like if somebody said to you, um, well, you can have an all-expense-paid trip to Hawaii with the best of accommodations and VIP treatment, or you can stay in Alexandria and work. Which do you want to do? <laughs> well, I'd like to get there. Uh, you know, and that's kind of what I'm thinking about being with the Lord. It's going to be fantastic. Even though we can't picture it or imagine it because we have limited minds, it's going to be fantastic. And we will be with the Lord. As one old country preacher was asked, he, he said, uh, somebody said, well, where, it, where is heaven? And he said, well, heaven is, is where God is. Well, then where is hell? It's where he ain't. Well, we're, we're going we're gonna to be where he is, and it's going to be fantastic. And I, I hope that we can all, despite the sufferings we go through in this life, I hope that we can stand like Job and give that great confession of faith. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and that he shall stand upon the earth at the last day. And then, though my skin has thus been destroyed, in my flesh I shall see God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.
God of love, peace, and justice, it is your will for the world that we may live together in peace. You have promised through the prophet Isaiah that one day the swords will be beaten into plowshares. Yet we live in a broken and sinful world, and there are times that war seems inevitable and people must be protected. Let us recognize with humility and sadness the tragic loss of life that comes with war. Even so, as we gather here free from persecution, we give thanks to those who have served with courage and honor. The veterans who have served after World War II and through the Vietnam War, would you please come forward if there are any? And those who have served at any time, please come forward now. And now the family members of those who are currently serving, please come forward. Let us pray. Lord God, we praise you for those who are willing to serve. Let all soldiers, marines, sailors, airmen, and coast guardsmen serve with honor, pride, and compassion. Do not let their hearts be hardened by the action they must take. Strengthen their families. Keep them surrounded in your love and peace. Lord, let us be inspired by those who put others' welfare instead of their own. Let us be inspired by their self-sacrifice. Let us remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice and comfort those who mourn. Let us honor those who have served by working for peace and never let go of your promise of peace. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
whose speech is free. Who are the brave, those loving liberty? With heart and mind Protecting all they find Who are the brave Those who serve mankind Those who serve mankind these are the brave. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.